What is going on, everybody? We are Punch in the Face, your weekly wake-up call to get you motivated. Each week, we use success stories and our real-world experiences to dissect one of life's problems to get you thinking and to finally stop with all the excuses. This is not for people looking for easy answers to difficult questions, and we're not going to tell you how to find purpose or find eternal happiness or any of that junk. We just want you to do what you want with this. It's your life, and it's up to you. And hey, we're not philosophers. We don't hold PhDs. We're just two guys doing something that we love and that excites us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. This is Punch in the Face, your weekly wake-up call to get you motivated. Each week, we use success stories and our real-life experience to dissect one of life's problems to get you thinking and to finally stop with all the excuses. This is not for people looking for easy answers to difficult questions. We're not here to tell you how to find purpose or eternal happiness or any of that junk. We just want you to do what you want with this. It's your life and it's up to you. And hey, we're not philosophers. We don't hold PhDs. We're just two guys doing something that we love and that excites us. Really, enjoy the show. Episode four, we're titling this one, Needing to Change Rather Than Wanting to Change. And we have a pretty incredible example for you, but just to define the problem uh, space that we're going after this week, it's unless you have a burning need to change, you will give up. Wanting is not good enough. You actually have to make it a need and not a want. So to get us started, we got Henry here. Why don't you just kick us off? What is this, uh, I mean, amazing example that we have of someone who absolutely identified a problem that they needed to change in their life? The inspiration for, for this podcast, um, yeah, came from a guy called John Crawley. Um, so I'll try, I'll try and keep it brief, but he, one day in the early 2000s, he walks into uh, his child's physicians um, to the news that she had a rare form of muscular dystrophy called Pompeii disease, um, which is also incurable. Incredible. So for any yeah. parent, I mean, wow. uh, he's there with a three-year-old daughter, uh, told that she has one year to live. Um, he's also told that his son has a 25% chance of contracting a disease, uh, which they find out in, in, you know, a week or two later that he has as well. So he comes from a business background or works currently, well, sorry, at the time was working in marketing. Um, yeah, is told his two kids will die most likely within the next year or two. And that's um, crippling for most people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, anybody could handle that. And the story is incredible because he um, essentially goes on to save both of his children. So he's told that this disease is incurable. He has no background in biotech, sorry, biomed. But he, you know, within the next few years, starts a biotech company whilst working full time, whilst looking after these two kids who are deteriorating, you know, who are in wheelchairs, um, on life support being uh, fed through tubes. So like, I mean, an incredibly difficult situation. And the guy goes and starts a company called Novozyme with the only scientist in the US who was looking into the disease at the time. Um, yeah, so he, he and I mean, we'll, we'll post the full link to the full interview he does with Tim Ferriss. But he talks about, you know, this roller coaster of uh, trying to discover, first of all, the cure, uh, trying to get funding, selling the company to a bigger biomed company to try and, you know, get the funding to then 
get that into human trials, then the trouble, you know, the difficulties around actually getting that into human trials, again, whilst this race against time is going on, whilst his children are deteriorating, and I'm sure he's not, you know, wanting to spend quality time with his children rather than, um, you know, racing against against this this disease. Seemingly impossible task for anybody to yeah. take uh, on. But I think it just really struck me that, you know, unless someone is put in such a difficult situation, they can't, um, well, they, they didn't realize they have that strength within them. Uh, it's only when they have such a clear need um, that great things tend to happen, or extraordinary things tend to happen. Yeah, that's like that example of uh, when, when there's a child trapped under a car and the mother's able to go over and lift the car. It's yeah. like that life or death scenario that people jump to the occasion and say, no, I'm, I'm changing this to, to yeah, yeah, allow exactly. my child to live. And it seems like the exact same way that, that John approached it. It's an incredible yeah. story. And, it, and it's just unfortunate that we have to use sort of these tragic examples um, to really highlight the point and, and to, to, to make people feel such a strong need. Um, yeah, so, so long story short, anyway, both of the children survived. His daughter ended up going to university. Is still in a wheelchair, but lives a fulfilling life. Incredible. Um, yeah, and you know that guy could have given up. Um, he talks about the denial, the you know depression, the difficulty around it. Um, but at the end of just you know decided on determination um, and really went after this and ended up solving an absolutely insurmountable problem. You know, one that they didn't even know could be cured. There was a solution to. Yeah, he just um, said, "No, I'm going after this. I'm I'm making this problem a solution. Yeah, I don't care very... what I have to do. If I have yeah. to quit my job and start a company, that's what I'm going to yeah. do." Yeah, and I mean, I mean, now he's doing a huge amount of work for the Make a Wish Foundation. Uh, he runs a big biotech company with 300 plus employees. Um, you know, doing great things for the world. So I thought that was first of all an inspirational story, but it really got me thinking about this. You know, this need versus want that people when they feel that, um, because obviously, you know, it doesn't always need to be a clear cut problem for him. It clearly was here. The disease is the problem. The cure is the solution. Right. Um, it's fairly black and white. Um, but I think it, it makes you really think about, you know, what situations you have in your life where it's also applicable. So I th immediately thought of, you know, on the other side, the example of, um, weight loss. So, mm. You know, first of all, okay, first of all, you have the group that actually don't really care. <laughs> Someone is fat, but they're not that bothered. They're going to give up. But you also have the person that wants to change, let's say, is overweight and really feels unhappy. Um, but they could have the best trainer, <laughs> the best program, the best support network, you know, everything defined by the day, how many calories you're eating, what you're going to be eating, etc. But at the end of the day, if they just want to change, they're going to give up. Um, unless they really feel a need to change, you know, their doctor says, okay, look, you've got a few months to live unless you really change your ways. Then unfortunately we tend to give up. Yeah. That's an interesting point. It's kind of like a lot of, a lot of the examples that we hear out there of people doing, you know, above and beyond things is because they've been given impossible situations and they yep. say, no, no, I'm not going to take that. I'm going to do above and beyond in order to actually overcome those things. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here is that the problem space that we're talking about today is really that burning need to change. But how do you actually get to that phase without catastrophe, without 
yeah. kind of that, you know, impossible situation, but rather trick your mind, so, so to say, to, to get you to actually do that impossible task. Like even if it's, if it's weight loss or even your own happiness, if you're not that happy with something to identify that, right? What do you think of that? Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I think it doesn't need to be extreme examples. I think it's something you can cultivate and really work on. Um, you know, a lot of people, for example, are unhappy in their job or unhappy about weight loss, but they're not really quite sure what to do about it. Um, or as I said, it's just a bit of a want. So I think the key is, you know, how do you convert that into something you strongly, you know, you need, you have this burning desire to solve. I think that's one area that we should dive into a bit more is how how did John actually get that need? It was given to him by life. I mean, there's no way to see any of that happening to his children. But when he got that need, he immediately knew exactly what he had to do, which was to save them. And he went after that and nothing stopped him. Clearly, he he did what he did and he saved his children. I think to, you know, I I don't know how we're going to actually be able to take this example and try to like let <laughs> wrap it into everyday life but yeah. i think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that example that people can look at i don't know henry what are you what are you thinking from from his example yeah i think i think it's too easy to excuse inaction by saying okay this is an extreme example you know it's easy to say oh obviously if your kids are about to die you're going to do something about it you're going to do everything you can um but I think maybe it's easiest to look at conversely. So let's look at weight loss, for example. Mm. Um, every You can have the best diet plan, the best trainer, and a great, you know, daily routine, maybe, you know, your, your best mate motivating you to, to do it. At the end of the day, somebody that doesn't really want to or feel the, sorry, maybe they want to, maybe they don't want to, Either way, unless they feel the real need and urgency to go and make a change, and they're just going to give up on it. Yeah. Situation um, with with John Crawley, you know the guy. I'm sure he went through ridiculously tough. To, I mean, he says he goes through a very difficult time, as you would. You know, the two children deteriorating whilst you're in a full time job, whilst starting to start this company in an area that knows nothing about solving a problem that's never been solved. Right. Uh, he doesn't even know if they can solve it. Um, but there's no, I mean, there's no question of giving up that because he needs to do it. Well, if you look at it in the, in the sense of, uh, I mean, when you do a startup, for example, you go after yeah. a problem space where you think there's a problem. And then yeah. when you hit that problem and you, and you find a, a suitable solution that people might think is the right answer to that problem, then you, then you just continue to go after it. For John, it was like, the problem was just already known. I mean, it was a definite problem space, right? Like. Yeah. His children were going to die unless he changed or unless he, he started something on his own. Yeah. And I think the, the point that you made with the weight loss is fantastic. And I also think, too, that if people looked at more things in their lives, such as even their happiness and their compromises that they make on their happiness or identifying, say, you know, I, I'm kind of happy or, yeah. I'm, you know, just kind of neutral in my life and seeing that as the real problem and not just washing it over. That could yeah. also be immediate like problem space that people can go after and say, listen, I'm going to change that like actively. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. I think that 
particularly with something like happiness, you know, people look at, they look at big, they see big things as problems, big, clear things. For example, like, I need money, therefore I get a job. Um, or John, it's okay, my children have this disease. If I cure the disease, then great, problem solved. But people, as you said, uh, particularly with something like happiness, tend to, first of all, have difficulty identifying what the problem is there. So, you know, is it your job? Is it your friends? Is it a toxic relationship? Right. Um, Many of those. Or, yeah, or maybe it's just like, okay, the weather in winter is shit. And, you know, that makes you a little, un- a little less happy. But I think it's really important to be able, able to identify that. Because hmm. then, as you said, once you have this clear problem, then um, you tend to be able, okay, you've identified it and you can tend to go after it more clearly. Um, you can really commit to that and feel like an urgent need to solve it which you can't do if it's this sort of unknown entity. Yeah. You were talking about uh, people and toxic relationships, those two. And I kind of want to dive in a bit further there because I think for a lot of people, I mean, for me, for sure, uh, it's, it's kind of hard just to change on your own. No, it's, it's kind of something that um, you, you almost need people to help you in order to make that change as well. No. Yeah, I agree. So let's bring it back to a more personal story that we might have. Um, I'm thinking of kind of topics that I've had where I've had it to actually need to change rather than wanting to change. But I've actually had the same thing where I've wanted to change and just haven't done it because I haven't flipped it to a need. But what about you, Henry? What about do you, have you had one of these examples? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a really clear one for me is starting a business. Um, you know, oh, so- that's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, the one that we're doing. Oh, that uh, one. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, before you joined the company, um, this is the company I've now left slash been fired from. Wait, so, uh, you, so wait, just to be clear. You were just at a company, first time, you got fired. We talked about that in another episode, which people should listen episode to. Episode two. Episode two. Well, you got fired from this company, but during the time at that company, this is what you're going to talk about? Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was super unhappy with this job after about the first few weeks. You know, you have the honeymoon period and then it gets boring. And then, um, yeah, just wasn't enjoying it. Wasn't really getting much from it. But yet I still, you know, it still wasn't a need to change. So I would say, oh, I want I want to start a business or I want to do something else. But I just sort of bumbled along, like, you know, <laughs> brush the unhappiness under the carpet, let's say. Right, because it's no big deal. It's just your happiness in every yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, it's only, it's only your life, which you only have once. Right. Um, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, and did, you know, set arbitrary things. Like, okay, I'm going to stay for a year and then I'll leave. Like, just put a really arbitrary... But you said two off. years. No, people... Yeah, no, no, I started said... with two and then went down to one quite quickly after. I anyway, we're kind of rambling here. <laughs> Point is, is that, yeah... Um, it was like a want, like I really wanted to leave, but I wasn't, it wasn't urgent enough. And then, um, you know, and this is where I sort of see a possible solution for people is, you know, you came and joined the company and we started having conversations around like, okay, this is shit. Um, we should be doing something else. We should be doing something, you know, that excites us where we can have impact, um, et cetera. Um, so yeah, my arbitrary time of staying with that company quickly got shortened. To the so point. it was my fault. That's what you're saying. Sort of, yeah, but I mean, in a good way. It's a, it's a positive, right? 
but that's that's a really good point that you say though because i think what you're you're trying to lead to is saying that it's about the people around you in your environment that are able to help you change yeah yeah at least from my experience um you know there's the famous uh quote i would well anecdote i suppose that you are the average well following the law of averages um you are the average of the five people you spend time with. I think it came from like Jim Rohn, who's a motivational speaker. But it makes sense, right? You know, the people totally. you hang around, with, hang around with will influence you. So in my situation, I went from going, okay, just like this job, but there's other good stuff in my life, so it's sort of fine. I'll just ignore the fact that it's really shit for a while. <laughs> um, but when we started having conversations about, you know, we should be doing something more than this, it really quickly became a need to the point that, you know, I'd like to think, you know, I had a good, honest conversation about my firing, and it was really around lack of motivation and just clearly not giving a shit because I got to the point where I was like, I need to get out of here to so all of my free time, uh, was working on this new business idea. All of my time at work was also focusing on this new business idea rather than, sorry, you know, my, my mind wasn't there. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, I suppose, similar thing on your side, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very similar because of the fact that, uh, again, I think it's t totally true with the average of five people. But with that, I was surrounded by people that wanted to go towards one goal of this company. And I realized very quickly as well that it was just not my goal I, I did not want to go after um even uh the thought of of where this whole company wanted to go as a yeah. whole and when when we started talking it was very clear that my i always say i know it's maybe not clear for you to understand but the birds of a feather concept for me is so important which is if you're around people that are doing drugs are going out and, and doing things that you don't want to do you're going to get sucked into that somehow so you have to find the bird of your feather. You got to find this people of the similar type of mentality that want to go after something bigger than themselves and actually make it happen so that you can actually encourage one another to get there. And I think that's as soon as I met you, I was like, oh, pff, that this makes total sense now. This guy. <laughs> this guy, you know, it's just, it um, works. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, to the, with the entrepreneurial example, like I have people that I, you know, don't hang out with all the time because, you know, I'm living in Berlin, most of my friends are in London. But there are guys that I'll call uh, specifically about, you know, entrepreneurial stuff, advice on this type of thing. Right. So it's not like you have to hang out with them all the time, but just having people around you, right. people you're in touch with often as good influence or, you know, good positive influences, I think is super important. Yeah, I think that that's a good point, though, too, is that the location of these people doesn't necessarily matter. Like, of course, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, it would be great if they're there with you all the time, but it's just important to stay in contact and always be sharing your ideas, talking with them about it, and actually being able to do stuff together. Yeah, and I think it's it's um, it's not as clear cut as just saying you know uh, you have someone that will support you when you have an idea, um, or so, you know help you sort of develop the need to go after something you're passionate about. I think there's also a really good point around. You know, I, I imagine there will be listeners that think, okay, great, you know, you live in uh, Berlin or London or like San Francisco where there's lots of ambitious people. Um, but I live in, I don't know, some tiny little village in northern England, let's say. Um, it's harder to, you know, create that network around you. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. I think, yeah, I think it's harder. But also, as you, you know, you can find people online. 
I mean, yeah. How many communities are there online that you can actually find with uh, people that have similar mindsets? Yeah, a lot. It's just a little bit more difficult. But again, you got to need you gotta have that need to change or the need yeah, to yeah, find people sure. of like mindedness. Yeah, and even I mean, even if you're you're not clear on you know what you would want to do. So, say for example, you don't even want to start a business or you don't even want to leave your job. I think it's just good to be around people that are you know doing interesting things that are pushing themselves because the types of conversations you'll be around it's just totally um, eye-opening yeah exactly on, on whether it's on like entrepreneurship or climate change or like cryptocurrency or the meaning of life whatever it is you're just exposing yourself to more ideas and things you may never have thought of so it's you know there's i think a lot of people think that they are happy in their current state and they are i think happiness is relative but I think it's always really important to open yourself up to other things and ideas. You know, maybe you have no idea about entrepreneurship. You're relatively, you're fine in your okay, current okay. job. But by putting yourself in a group of, you know, five people who are pushing themselves, talking about interesting things, you're much more likely to develop that want and then eventually that need to go and do something that you're really uh, passionate about. I think that's what you just hit on is... Uh... If, there, if the problem is really that you need to have a burning desire to change something, I think the important thing is the solution is finding the people that will help get you there, you know, or saying to yourself either there's going to be some kind of disaster that makes you happen. Okay, let's check that one off the list. Like, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. The second one is that I, I have this desire to completely change, but maybe you just get discouraged at different things. So what is the backup plan, which is always good to have? Find the people yeah. that will help you make that need actually happen in reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's, as you said, it's pretty rare that you're, you know, you're going to have this, this story of crisis and you immediately create this need and this, that you go after this problem. I think most people would, I think the worry for me is that most people tick along through life, never developing a need. They just sort of vaguely want to change something. They don't quite know what, they don't know how to do it. However, get good people around you and you're much more likely to, first of all, discover what you're interested in what you're passionate about and you create that one first of all if you don't have it and then if you have that these are the type of people that are going to lift you to that next level and really push you to to uh to go after something you're passionate about and also for you to internalize yourself that need to go after whatever you want to do in life all right to bring like our ramblings to a summary uh, i just want to go over Clearly, what is the problem and the solution that we're kind of talking about here? The problem that we covered today was unless there is a burning need to change, there's a most likely chance that you're going to give up. And wanting is not good enough. You actually have to switch on that need in order to get something done. The solution that we brought you along on this journey is, is through that absolute tragedy uh, story of John Crawley. Again, we're going to link Tim Ferriss's uh, podcast below so you can go listen to that. But learning from him and his tragic example and realizing that you don't need tragedy in order to change. You just need that want and that desire. And then back that up with a backup plan, which is finding the people that have the same desire as you do. Talk to them about your ideas, hear their ideas, and then go do stuff together. Regardless if you're in the same town, in the same city, you can find them online, have weekly calls with them, have stand-ups together, 10-minute conversations in the morning to just talk about what you want to do that day. Small things that you can do to still work towards that goal and go after the ideas that you want. This has been Punch in the Face. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a great start to your week, I should say, as it's Sunday. And we'll talk to you next time.